0: Welcome back you guys it's Steven here uh, my intro music is almost too uh, like motivating and inspirational it makes me want to like like I'm recording at night right now for example and it, it, I know that I got like another good 30 minutes in me because of this song so thanks a lot so well welcome back you guys to another episode of Steven's Sentiments um, today I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about uh just some mental issues that i have a couple of years ago there was this thing that people were doing on social media where they would like post about how their life isn't all really that great cuz usually what you see on instagram is like people doing amazing cool things and how perfect their life is blah 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 and people started posting like black and white photos of like them in bed like hey Sometimes I'm sad. So the other 99.9% of the time you see my photos on Instagram, it's not even taken into account the 0.1% time that I'm sad. So, and that's not what this episode is about because I'm actually going to poke a lot of fun at myself. But my whole life I have been a major worrier, not a warrior like the Golden State Warriors, a worrier, like a worry about anything and everything. You know Murphy's Law that says, like, um, anything that can go wrong will go wrong? That's kind of my motto (laughs) in life, which I don't like and I would like to change. And hopefully talking about it will make it go away forever, and it's just a simple fix. So I remember as a kid, I told my mom about this dream I had. I had a dream that my parents got divorced. And I actually remember exactly where we were when I told her about this. Because it was so traumatic Um, We were at Will's Pit Stop in Provo, Utah And I told her about my dream And she goes, well, that's so sad That's not going to happen, you know Did you wake up crying for your dream? I'm like, no mom, I didn't wake up crying She goes, are you going to cry now? I'm like, no And she must have heard Like the whimper In my voice Because she goes, oh my gosh, you're going to start crying right now Just talking about the dream, huh And sure enough I started crying right there, mainly because my mom made me cry because she bullied me into submission. But it's like, you know, as a little kid, if someone's like, oh my gosh, are you going to cry? Oh my gosh, look, he's totally going to cry. You could do that to me today, and I'm start crying, and I'm 28 years old. Um, I used to be such a baby, so I still am. Uh, but my worries, they started out like from a, when I was a little kid, really. Um, if I have to pinpoint like where... It came from, I would say, maybe growing up with kidney disease. Most of my life was spent in the hospital. Not most of my life, but most of my childhood up until about 12 years old was spent in the hospital. Uh, and as a sick kid, a lot of your, at least for me, my childhood was like a list of things I cannot do. You know, you can't eat salt, you can't go swimming, you can't have sleepovers can't play contact sports. You can't miss a dose of your pills. You can't kiss a girl lying down. You name it, I couldn't do it. It was like being a prisoner of war. Just kidding. I don't know what those guys can and can't do. But you have all these limits as a sick kid. And you start to kind of like buy into it and limit yourself. But I think these can'ts maybe accelerated my worries because I started thinking about all the bad things that would happen if I like broke these rules. And by the way, these weren't like rules imposed by my parents other than the kissing girl lying down one. Um, these are rules because I am on dialysis, right? And my kidney can't process salt. I can't get in the water because it'll infect my uh, dialysis tube. It can't sleepovers because you're hooked up to dialysis. Can't play contact sports because it will injure your kidneys. Stuff like that. But I started thinking like, you know, what if, I, what if I broke these rules? Oh my gosh, this is going to happen to me or that will happen to me. Um, and these worries, as I've gotten older, have caused some pretty severe OCD and anxiety and even a, a few nervous tics. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if it's severe. We'll see. I'll let you guys be the judge of it after you listen to this episode. Um, and a lot of them have evolved. Some have stuck with me forever. Others have come and gone, but some have evolved. Um, And I I, I always knew I had these little tics, because my wife points them out to me. Uh, For example, if I'm ever nervous, I'll bite my knuckles, specifically on my left middle finger. If you look at my left middle finger, it looks like gorilla hands, like more calloused than somebody, an animal who walks on his fingers. (laughs) Um, Because I'm always so dang nervous. But... I thought they were relatively normal, like everyone's got their little tics, but um, they I, I, I learned that they're not all too normal because I was at lunch with a couple buddies and we started talking about, I don't even know how it came up, but we started talking about my tics and my OCDs and when I'm exp- expressing them to you, and I'll tell you guys about them later in the episode. Uh, they all started laughing at me and couldn't believe it. We're like, you got serious problems, dude. And I do, I for sure do. Um, and then I didn't think too much of it, but then the next day I go to hit balls, golf balls at the range with my buddy Reese. And it came up because every time I go to the range with Reese, I always, I'll just, I, we usually carpool out while I drive and I'll, I'll only grab like two or three clubs to go to the range. Because I see really good people do that and I want to be really good. And Reese always brings his entire golf bag. And this time when we went last week, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bring my golf bag because Reese brings his and I want to be like Reese. But then I go to pick Reese up at his garage and he walks out with like two or three clubs. And I start laughing and you know, he's like, what's so funny? I'm like, I'm just laughing because I only brought my bag because you usually bring your bag. He's like, well, I only brought a few clubs because you only bring a few clubs every time you come. And I'm like, wow, you know, we have more in common uh, than not, other than you being a Suns fan and me being a Jazz fan. And he goes, I know, dude, we have a lot in common. And I said, okay, well, that kind of encouraged me to test the waters to see how much we do have in common. And I expressed or (laughs) explained I asked him if he does the same things I do with my OCDs. He goes, no, dude, you're alone there. I don't struggle with that. So that's the last time I ever confide in anyone. But first I wanted to explain to those of you listening what OCD is. Um, And then I will tell you I have a list. And this list could go on forever, but I'll share just some of my biggest ones I struggle with. So, OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, it features. This is all from the Mayo Clinic, by the way. Not plagiarizing. Shout out Mayo Clinic; they're sponsoring this episode. Uh, if you ever need a discount on X-rays or MRIs or any other expensive medical procedure, just give them promo code Steven Talks. You get fifty percent off. Um, but <laughs> these, this obsessive compulsive disorder features a pattern of unwanted thoughts and fears. Those are the obsessions that lead you to do um, repetitive behaviors or the compulsions. These obsessions and compulsions interfere with daily activities and cause significant distress. I feel like that's an understatement, even though it's a pretty bold statement. It says, you may try to, to ignore or stop your obsessions, true, but that only increases your distress and anxiety Ultimately, you feel driven to perform compulsive acts to try to ease your distress. Um, So that's really what it is. You all have like a nervous thought that something bad is going to happen. And the only way to ease that thought is to do an action. And that will make it go away. And if I try to ignore it, right? This says like you you try to ignore it to get rid of these thoughts, but that just makes your anxiety levels go higher. Uh, it's like a, being a, a smoker, I guess. Someone like they want to smoke so badly they need to get it. Like and the only way they're going to quench that craving is to smoke a cigarette. Um, So that's kind of what I struggle with. It says OCD often centers around certain themes. And I do have a theme for mine. I'll get into it. I'll just explain some of the examples they have. Um, for example... An excessive fear of getting contaminated by germs. You'll usually this one may be a common one in uh, OCD people. And so to ease your contamination fears, you may compulsively wash your hands until they're sore and chapped. I mean, I, I know people like that. Obsessive symptoms. Okay? OCD obsessions are repeated persistent and unwanted thoughts, urges or images. I don't have images uh, that are intrusive and cause distress or anxiety. Oh, big time, big time. doesn't help that I already have, um, maybe this is where it comes from because I have, a, I have anxiety, uh, and, and I'm not trying to like raise awareness here or have anyone feel bad for me. All I'm trying to do is simply provide people with more material to make fun of me. Okay. um, but these, <clears throat> these obsessions typically intrude when you're trying to think of or do other things. For example, for me, going to bed, all of a sudden a little thought will pop into my head. And I have to quench that thought in order to go to bed. And I'll get to that in a couple minutes. Um, so uh, another one is doubting or having difficulty tolerating uncertainty. Big time. Big time for me. A big thing for me, like a huge fear I have, is any loved one passing away. Uh, typically at night, it's my parents. I, the thought of losing anyone I love, because I love people like those few people that I do love, I love them with my whole heart and everything I have. And if so, if anything was to happen to them, it would crush me. I just My heart is too big, I'm too loving, I'm too kind, I'm too good at things. Um, another one is needing things orderly and symmetrical my wife. Um, she struggles with that one. Aggressive <laughs> or horrific thoughts about losing control and harming yourself or others. Uh, no, I do not struggle with that one, and I shouldn't laugh because I'm sure other people struggle with that. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to laugh at this one. Unwanted thoughts including aggression or sexual or religious subjects. Now, those two are always tied together. Um, examples of obsession of obsessive Signs and symptoms include, uh, like the fear of touching others and getting dirty. I do have that. Ooh, I do not like touching other people. I do not like, oh, which is a problem because then I go to the grocery store and I touch everything. I mean, everything. I'm like a little kid from the top of the shelf all the way down to the bottom and everything in between. I touch it. It's like that's like a nervous tic I have. Um, Let's see another one. Okay, so fear are being contaminated. Talked about that. Doubts that you've locked the door or turned off the stove. Um, and, tr- and the stress when things aren't orderly. <laughs> then, I don't know where this one comes from. Again, this is off Mayo Clinic. These are not my OCDs. But it says, images of driving your car into a crowd of people. Hmm. I feel like I feel like this one is one of those items on a test, you know, that you'll take in, like, junior high or elementary school. It's like, which of the four items don't belong? And it's like pen, pencil, marker, driving your car into a crowd of people. Okay, okay that, obviously, the marker doesn't belong. Thoughts about shouting obscenities or acting inappropriately in public? Um, no comment. Um avoidance of situations that can trigger obsessions such as shaking hands. Oh my gosh, this, I have this, but not with all people, just with dirty looking people. And that is not derogatory. If, if you're dirty looking, like you just worked on your car or you're sweaty, or it looks like you haven't showered in like two weeks, not touching you. Don't, don't even think about it. And that's hard because I have tenants or I had tenants who would come into my office and, you know, they all introduce themselves and I'm like, dude, clearly you have not showered or brushed your teeth in what looks like three weeks. I'm not shaking your hand. They go out to shake my hand. I'm like, I don't want to be rude, but I kind of do want to be rude at the same time. So, okay. That's all from the Mayo Clinic. I, I struggle with maybe a few of those, but I do not struggle with images of driving my car into a crowd of people. That's Whack. That, I feel like that shouldn't belong in OCD. That should belong in like schizophrenia. I, I don't know. Look at me mocking mental illness. It's okay. I struggle with it myself, so you're allowed to make fun of it. So my OCDs. So this is what, this is a list that I compiled of things I struggle with. And again, not trying to throw a pity party. Not trying to raise awareness. If anything, I want this to be less aware. I just want you guys to poke fun at me. Cause that's gotta be the only way I can get over this. I'm joking, by the way. To all you easily offended people out there. So my first one, counting stairs. I have. If I go upstairs, I count them. I count each and every single one of them. If I miss one, I go back and I count it. This is stairs everywhere. This has been going on since I was maybe 10 years old. I can tell you how many stairs are in every house I've been in. My parents' house, from their kitchen. To the game room upstairs, there's 18 stairs. From their front door to upstairs, there's 16 stairs um, to get upstairs. In my house, I have 17 stairs. If I skip every other one, I can get up in nine stairs. Now, a place that I vacation frequently in Mexico, there is a home on the cliff and stairs down to the beach. If you're coming up from the beach, there are 35 to 37 stairs, depending on what you consider a stair, before you turn off and go up the next 50 stairs to get up to the house. Um, I don't know where this comes from. And, and maybe listening, like if there's any medical professionals out there listening to this, you can better diagnose me. Just write me a prescription. You can mail it to my house. It doesn't matter to me. We don't even need to meet in person. Uh, I'll just send you my insurance card. Now another one I have, and I've had this for a very, very long time. I've actually gotten better at it, maybe I've outgrown it, but it's weird. When I drive and a car is passing me, I will tap my thumb on like either my gear shift, touch my index finger and my thumb together, or I'll tap my toe anytime a car passes. Now, you might think, oh, BFD, so what? Now it's not so much the action of doing that, it's the Fear that if I don't do it, the person who's driving in that car that passes me, they will get in a serious, fatal car accident. So their lives are in my hands and toe if I don't do the tap. It's so irrational. It's so stupid. But I've had that since I was a little kid. The only reason it's gotten better is either I will be distracted while driving, you know, texting. Or, there's just so many cars that it is hard to tap every single car, especially on road trips. Oh my gosh. Uh, But what's nice is if you do that on a road trip, it can actually make the road trip like twice as long. Um, Oh, another one. This one is more recent. I've developed this maybe over the past two years. So in my closet, I have a window. My home is two stories. My bedroom is upstairs. Unless you're a bad guy, you don't know where my bedroom is. But for the sake of this podcast, my room is upstairs. And I need to, before I go to bed every night, I need to go into my closet, shut the door so it's pitch black in there, and I look out the window into my backyard to see if anyone's there. If I don't do it, I am certain, 100%, without a doubt, that a bad guy will come and get me in the middle of the night and I'll be screwed because I I don't sleep with my contacts in. I don't have my glasses by my bed. They'll break in. I won't be able to see them and they're going to snatch me because if you listen to my episode with my parents, my dad said, when I get scared, I freeze. So they'd come in, say boo, I freeze, snatch me and do whatever they do with adults that they kidnap. And I've tried to overcome this one. I've tried to say, hey, don't worry about it. Just get in bed and go to sleep. And I can't. It's like, it's like when you wake up in the middle of the night and need to go pee, but you have that battle in your head. Like, no, I don't need to pee that bad. I can just go back to bed. And then an hour later, you're like, gosh, I'll just go pee. That's this. Okay. If I just check the window, I can go to bed. But I've tried to lie in bed for like hours. I'm like, just fall asleep, just fall asleep, just fall asleep. That's not happening. I got to go check. I got to go check out the window. Even if I don't have my contacts in, I'll do it. Uh, and by now, you guys are probably realizing that I'm a sick freak. Um, until you hear these next two, then you'll know I got serious problems. So, oh my gosh, maybe I'm schizophrenic. No. Yes? No. No. I doubt it. Um. So each night, I'll watch... You know, one to ten episodes of Survivor on CBS with Jeff Probst, my hero. I love Survivor. This episode is actually brought to you by Survivor. If you want to be on Survivor, use promo code Talks, and I guarantee you won't get on. But I love Survivor, and I watch it every night with my wife. It's our thing to do. So I will be lying on the couch with my blanket on, cozily watching Survivor, and then the time comes to go to bed. Get under my blanket, get out of my blanket, plug my phone in, and then I'm walking down the hall to go to my bedroom. And I have the thought hey, you need to put that blanket away, or else your dad is going to die. So that is the obsessive thought, the worry. My dad is going to die unless I do this simple chore of putting my blanket away. Now, The next aspect of this is also the remote that I turn the TV off. I can't just leave it on, you know, the coffee table. I have to go put it away because if I don't put it away, my mom is going to die. And I love both of my parents, as I mentioned earlier. So no way on earth am I going to risk their lives over something so simple. I'm putting that freaking blanket away. I'm putting the Um, remote away, folding the blanket up all nice, because I don't want the universe or whatever is watching that's gonna kill my parents to know I missed out on this chore. I know you're thinking, okay, Devin, dude, this is ridiculous. That is so irrational. I know. I know. It is completely irrational. It is. It is. and, And, you know, there's no logic to it. And the thing is, I just can't risk it. You could say, just go to bed, wake up, don't put the blanket away, wake up, your dad's alive. Don't put the room away, wake up, your mom's alive. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I snuck one by, but guess what? The one night I don't put that blanket away and my dad dies, I won't be able to live with myself. I couldn't do it. So, yes, it's irrational, but it's so easy. that <laughs> It's just... Worth it. I'm not going to risk it. Um, Another one, uh, if you haven't given up on my sanity yet, at night, I'm I'm deathly afraid of the dark for several reasons, but I refuse. I will not look in the mirror at night. Because if I do, I am convinced Satan, (laughs) Lucifer, the fallen angel, will get me. He wants me. He wants me bad. The only way he can get me is if I look in my mirror in Mesa, Arizona. He's going to come up from hell, snatch me, and my wife will never know where I went. Because I don't have my phone on me and she can't check find my friends. That's literally what my brain, (laughs) my mentally unstable brain thinks. And it's ridiculous. But I think I know where this one stems from. This maybe is less OCD and more just crazy, irrational fear. But when I was younger, I had a friend and his dad passed away in a tragic accident. It was very, very sad. He was a young kid, maybe 10 years old. And he came over for a sleepover shortly after his dad had passed away. And he said, hey, do you know that if you say the F word 40 times in the mirror, Satan appears? I'm like, whoa. Whoa. Who has time to say the F word in the mirror 40 times? Let alone, who could get to 40 without giggling? I mean, could you imagine standing in the mirror making eye contact just like straight face, dead serious, just saying that word like one, two, three, four. And all of a sudden Satan's like, yes, did you knock? Like, gosh. You know, you only have to say it 15 times, and I'm here. But that stuck with me for 18 years now, <laughs> and ever since then, I, I, I'm not even saying that word in the mirror. Gosh, I don't even say that word. Period. Um, <laughs> let alone to myself in the mirror. But I think that's where this fear kind of evolved and stemmed from. The next thing that I would attribute more to OCD than a stupid fear is my morning routine. So if I don't do this, if I don't follow my morning routine to the T, I I know I'll have a bad day. I don't know what will happen, but I'll just have a bad day. So my morning routine is I wake up, take my thyroid pill. Shout out to people with hypothyroid or hyper. And I'll have to check with my wife. But I'll take my thyroid, go put my Apple Watch on, Get my stand hour. Have to get my stand hour before I go to the bathroom. Because sometimes my Apple Watch does not pick up on my stand. And I'll wake up at 7.50 and I only got 10 minutes to get it in. So I can't risk not getting it. So I'll put my Apple Watch on. Go to the bathroom. Then I have to check. Find my friends. Make sure everyone is safe and where they should be. Then I will check the national news. The local news. The Utah Jazz news. Check ESPN. Then I'll wash my hands, put my contacts in, brush my teeth. If I do not do it in that order, something bad is going to happen. And I'll be damned if I'm going to risk having a bad day over not checking the Utah Jazz news. The only time it's safe to not check is if the Jazz lose. Because that, that's just asking to have a bad day to see the news articles about the Jazz losing. I don't know if I could get worse news. And to tie into that is I, I can't watch the jazz play. I am a diehard Utah jazz fan. I love them with all of my heart. All of the players, the coaches, you know, everyone. I love them, their life, but I cannot watch them play because if I do, they will lose. And you might be thinking that's ridiculous. How do you know that? Not just because of years of studies and backed up theories and Evidence. For example, was the last week? Last week, the Utah Jazz were playing the Miami Heat. They were up, you know, by a comfortable margin. So I was like, okay, break the chains of your OCD, Stephen, and just turn it on and watch. I turn it on. No sooner do the Miami Heat go on a 7-0 run. I'm like, okay, turn it off immediately. Turn it off, boom, the Jazz win. You're welcome, Jazz. It's, again, such an irrational thought. There's no way that my brain is controlling whether the Utah Jazz lose or win. Now, I know you're thinking, okay, I can't be friends with Devin anymore because he's got serious mental issues. And that's true. But guess what? So do you. You just don't have a podcast episode detailing them. So get over yourselves. Um... And I did look up on the Mayo Clinic. How do, how do you overcome OCD? Is it medical marijuana? Please bless, that's it. But n- no, that wasn't it. Uh, they had something called cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm like, ugh. I can't dissolve that on my tongue. But what cognitive behavioral therapy is, besides a mouthful, Essentially, you talk to a therapist. No, thank you. Um, You tell them your fears and your compulsions, and you talk about it. And just you start slowly start to realize, like, oh yeah, that is ridiculous that I think that or I do that um, or that I would think remotely that the blanket being in its blanket basket would control the outcome of my father's life. That's ridiculous. And they slowly force you to stop doing those things. And then you realize, okay, I didn't put the blanket away, and my dad lived. I didn't put the remote away and my mom didn't die. But like I mentioned a million times, I don't think I can risk it. <laughs> because I I know. Oh, I I well, I'm like 50% sure if I don't put the blanket away. Like I, I I'm sure my dad wouldn't die. But like it can, can't risk it. So this is pretty much just that list of my OCDs. Um, it wasn't It wasn't to be like feel bad for me." It was again just a test. Maybe talking about it will make all of my problems go away. And you know what? Stay tuned for next week, and I'll let you in on if this helped or not. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you got a kick out of all of my mental illness and serious problems that I deal with on a daily basis. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later.